Welcome to episode 22 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer is Kwaku Ajiman, aka Kwaku on Air, aka Hustle Peters. Kwaku said something to me around the time when we first started recording the show, somewhere near episode 3 or 4. I remember asking him what he had planned for a weekend, and he said he was going to New York City on his own dime to attend a networking event. I asked why, and he replied, you gotta invest in the hustle. And for some reason, that phrase has been on my mind ever since. So much so that I recently invested in an agency to help us promote this podcast far and wide. Now, is it going to cost me? Yeah, but you know what? You gotta invest in the hustle. Speaking of the hustle, Adam Rodericks is the Senior Manager of Social Media and Community at KPMG. His claim to fame in the world of social media and blogging came in 2007 when he reluctantly sold his blog after being served a cease and desist. The important takeaway from the ordeal was validation. He could make an impact and a career through engaging conversation. Adam is a two-time top 30 under 30 Canadian blogger to watch and a previous winner of the National Rogers Marketing Competition for which he also held the title of Best Undergraduate Speaker in Canada. He spent the last decade growing the social properties of Canada's most prominent brands, managing all aspects of their digital marketing strategy, including social listening, management of social, uh, management of social media channels, crisis communications, and social media programs. His work as a social media influencer has been featured on CBC, CTV, Yahoo, BNN, DigitalJournal.com, MaximumPC, WhatCulture.com, Staples.com, and Nintendo.ca. Whoa. In this conversation, we talked about the power of social media, the state of the internet, and rebounding from failure. We also talked about balancing your time, the importance of exercise, and having multiple focal points. I don't know how we managed to completely miss each other during our undergrad, considering we were both in the same school at the same time. I really enjoyed kicking it with Adam, and I hope you get a lot out of this conversation. Friends, please give it up for Adam Rodericks. The great and powerful Adam Rodericks, man. You came in hot with the Nintendo Power shirt and the blazer combination. I have got to rep. And right before we went on air, you told me to turn my hat around, which I totally appreciate because we are on the eve of Game 7. I am nervous. I am excited. I'm all of the above for this, but this city, we were just saying, we're starved for a change. We're so hungry for this win, so I hope we can get that. Could not agree with you more, brother. Um, I have a gift that is very topical you with do. regards to Kawhi Leonard and the boys about to go in tonight. So we start off every episode, as you know, by bestowing, and I should be saying that correctly because Jawad, shout out to Jawad, one of our religious listeners of the podcast said that it's not bestow, it's bestow. bestow. Okay. So I'm sorry I fucked up. We're going to bestow you with a gift. Okay. And this gift is in that money bag right there. So okay. this for you, sir, hopefully is something that you don't already have. Okay. But I'm taking a gamble anyways. Okay. May I open? Please, by all means. And okay. tell the listeners what it is. Oh, my goodness. So this is the book, <laughs> Friday Night Lights. One of my all-time favorite movies. Thank you so much. Of course, man. How about curveballs from your list, from your from your guests? Are you okay with that? Absolutely. I may have brought a gift myself. What? Okay. Because oh, snap. My thinking is just that you guys have been so generous, not only with the way that you've chosen to communicate people's stories here, but you're also giving us gifts. Hey, man, you came so in hot today. I think I'm in a little bit hot. So basically, this is a book, and this is a book that I read right after your book. Okay. And I personally believe that this book and your book should be sold as a two-pack. Invisible Influence, The Hidden Forces That Shape Behavior, best-selling author of... Conti- no, dude, thank you, brother. You are so welcome. Quaco, I didn't forget you, man. Now, whoa, whoa, I whoa. Had, <laughs> I had a lot less to go on. You have to, I've never made your acquaintance before. I didn't know much. I knew about the Terra nomination, so I went for a little bit more of a metaphorical feel with this right so 
Yo, Adam came in hot today. You know when episodes start like this, you know it's going to be a banger, right? <laughs> Thank you, man. This is amazing. Okay, so I just did a consult for an airline who remained nameless, but uh, they gave me a couple of these things. So this was so that your career can soar to new heights, brother. So thank you guys for having oh, me so there much. there we go. The plane just crashed right now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. No, I'm glad we didn't drop that brand name. This so is amazing, you. man. Oh, well, thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed right now. We're sharing more than ideas today, I guess. Absolutely. And let's turn them into action. Let's start right here with Friday Night Lights. So cool. on your Instagram, you could have chosen any quote to put over there. And typically what a marketer does is they put their name, they put where they're working, they put the projects they're working on. You said, fuck all that. We're going to put one quote and one quote only. Yeah. What is that quote? So clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. And you think that's what Nick Nurse is saying right now backstage? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's saying, but I think he's <laughs> talking to the other guys on the team. Like, Kawhi, you're good. You need yeah, to yeah. just like, you know. Van Vliet, Freddie, you're sitting this one out, <laughs> yeah. Freddie. Yeah. I'm so nervous, man. But no, that that quote was big to me. I used to play football growing up. Okay. And um, one of the biggest life experiences I ever had was was tearing my ACL. I know you had Sam on the show. Yes, we did. He shout talked out to about, Sam. Yeah, shout out Sam. Great episode. Uh, and he talked about meniscus. But one of the things he prefaced there is he said, there are more grave injuries. And uh, my ACL tear and surgery, the recovery, taught me so much about myself. I always keep that front front. And virtually everything that I do, because I do, you know, I never want to lose touch with. Is ACL the same injury that Derrick Rose has? Yes, he had it, oh, it twice. Buddy. Yeah, so that's the career-ending one. It's a career end. Not that I, I mean, to it look wasn't at me, your I career. Know, yeah. I know when I walked in, you thought professional football player. Yeah, I know, yeah, no, dude, you got the stature, build. buddy. Um, I'm definitely not, but uh, yeah, that was just a life-changing experience. And when I keep it front and center, there, it's, it never leaves my mind. Did you identify as a football player at that time? Was your identity wrapped up in being a football player? You know what? I identified with the family aspect of football, right? Uh, deeply rooted in the church. Uh, it becomes a brotherhood on the on mm -hmm. the court. I can tell you so many times where I was looking one way and just trusting someone blindly to block for me, or I don't know what would have happened. Um, so that has affected me in my youth, and it's something that I take with me in adulthood as well. Interesting. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from that ACL injury? Because that's uh, that's something that I imagine not a lot of our listeners can identify with. I certainly can't. Kwaku, do you have any injuries, man? This is something that I feel must have been debilitating, dude. Just it thinking was. about Sam's episode right now, what what did it do for you? To be honest, the, the biggest thing I learned through that was, you know, you may have an idea of what success looks like at one point, but when I was post-surgery in my bed and I had nothing but my family and my friends, that was how I learned to quantify success. Huh. So I really changed my definition of how am I doing things that are going to make me happy as a result of one of the lowest points in my life, and I never forget it. When did this happen exactly? December 26th, 2012. 2012. So, okay, you know, this is interesting. This happened after another L that you took in your life. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about in 2007, a cease and desist letter came your way. Mm -hmm. So thinking about clear eyes, sorry, I'm going to get this wrong. I should remember no, this. It's all good. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yes. And so, I mean, your career has just been a string of wins. Anybody following you online, I've followed you online for quite some time, just W after W after W. Did not know about the ACL, but yeah. I know that in 2007, a letter came your way. A letter came my way. What was that about? That was a tough one. I was having, as you said, you know, just growing that momentum in the infancy of social media. So nothing but win, win, win. Yeah, you were riding the wave, man. I was doing really well at the start of something. We didn't know what the rules were, but it was working. And then uh, you get a letter and I'm thinking, oh, is this a check from a really big manufacturer? And no, it was a, it was a big, scary lawyer written note that said, stop talking about our products, which oh, is my essentially what a CND is. That's terrifying, dude. The times in my life that I've received anything from a lawyer, just that above the shoulders, acidic stress. Yeah heart starts to really just beat a mile a minute and you're like oh my goodness yeah. i'm gonna be in court and everything that i've seen growing up in boston legal and suits and shit yeah that's gonna be me i'm gonna they're gonna take me for everything that i have oh yeah were you terrified i was 19 years old oh, my i goodness. lived in my parents house and i think i think i had 60 dollars in my bank account <laughs> 
I'm not even sure about the last part. <laughs> so to say petrified, I mean, that's an understatement yeah. for, for what 19-year-old me was doing. Um, but luckily, I was able, I still have that CND and it's framed in my house right now uh, because it was the first time that I ever thought to myself, people are listening. You are influencing. Well, tell us, what did they tell you to seize and desist exactly? Yeah. So in general terms, because I obviously can't talk about yeah. it even still to this day. <laughs> oh, you say I have to sign all kinds of paperwork. Oh, yeah. Oh, so uh, essentially, I was doing an investigation on some of the fees that were being charged for a particular uh, console and saying the retailer that was transacting, um, they themselves said, no, this is something that's being imposed by the manufacturer. The manufacturer flipped the script, the script and said, no, this is the big box retailer that uh, is doing it. So I was just kind of doing my podcast at the time and saying, guys, does anybody know where this money is going? Because 19-year-old me with the $60 in the bank account, you can imagine that this little $2.99 surcharge, that hurts. Can we talk about this off air? Because I think I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. Oh man, so this is 2007. This I, 2007. I think I'm 99% sure what you're talking about. Probably but not. I, I want to respect uh, the, the, the legal ramifications of you. I do like my freedom, here. so thank yes, you very absolutely. much. <laughs> okay, carry on, sorry. So that's what happened. Um, and you know, for a lot of time, that was probably the only time in my life that I jumped offline since online has happened. Hmm. Uh, and it was because of fear, yeah. obviously. And I pivoted a little bit and uh, I was very lucky that Staples Canada called me. They had heard the podcast. They had seen some of the stuff I was doing. And they said to me, you know, we've, we've loved what you've done from an external perspective what do you think about doing that for a company and i know what you're thinking office supplies the sexiest industry <laughs> and all yeah. of social media uh so i was apprehensive but um i took that role and little did i know it would be a catalyst to a career in social media and since then you've just worked with one brand after another you've totally re-engineered rethought the way that they communicate whether on social media whether with content yeah. blogs press releases all of that you've become the mouth you've become the mouthpiece for all these organizations that have been Almost uh, trepidatious when it comes when it came to, to dipping their world dipping their toes into this really fast moving world. Most definitely, I would say you know at most of the companies that I've had the pleasure of working, I was the first or the only devoted resource to social right. media. So I got to decide what that looked like for that particular brand and how they could use it to drive ROI. Now here you are at KPMG, which That's is right. one of the last companies that you would think would want to have a social media presence. Yeah. But the fact that you occupy a role that you see in every other industry, mm -hmm. working within the world of fast-paced consulting and infrastructure and management restructuring, all of the things that KPMG does, what is it that your strategy is right now? I and mean, without telling us too much about yeah. the nitty-gritty of your work, what has been your general approach to, hey, you're giving me the keys to this? Let me change what it is that you do. Yeah, so when I got in there, and it was a conversation when they called me too, and they said, you know, we've got this new position that was coming up almost four years ago. Wild. We're looking for somebody to essentially take the keys to the castle and build something here. And through exploratories, I realized that it was filled with brilliant people, but they were all offline. Mm -hmm. So coming in, my five-year plan was essentially to put these people online, get their voices online and you know what my mandate hasn't really changed all that much the players have of course changed the industry has changed so much as you know oh, dude um but that's essentially what i'm doing right now collective thought leadership i think that's very similar man now let's nerd out about this a little bit so i worked primarily in the education space right. for the longest time and i still do but now i'm working more so on the startup brand side mm -hmm. but largely i was working with large institutions university of toronto mm -hmm. and then ryerson university and then through splash Effect, we were consulting for all of these organizations that were very hesitant to develop their online voice and there were so many rules so many different levels of approval that oh, yeah. things need to go through that at best sometimes all we could do is just come up with a prescription here's a playbook here's a content schedule here's some do's and don'ts and then you run with it and you know sometimes i would say most of the times they didn't actually take the advice so in 2019 do you think it's absolutely essential that any organization that wants to succeed needs to be online that's a great question uh, i think it, it's worth at least 
devoting some time to. Right. You know, uh, there have been a bunch of business use cases where I've come in on a consulting basis, looked at what they've got, and we've ended by saying, you physically cannot devote more time. You don't have capacity, right? You don't have capacity, and that's one of the worst things. I've, I can't tell you how many brands I've worked with who have created a Twitter account, had unbelievable amounts of customers who are asking them questions, and the saddest thing in the world when you're doing social media is you're not having the conversation. Right. So if you're doing it wrong, that that says something to your target market as well. Yeah, you're just amplifying bullshit, right? Abs exactly. So what I say to them is if you're not ready for this, don't go ahead with it because if you're not going to give it that full college try, it's going to be to the detriment of your brand. Absolutely. When you think back to that time that you went offline, this mm -hmm. is shortly after getting that season desist, how did you feel? Like what, what was life like offline while this surge was happening everywhere else? Oh my goodness. So I, I was shit scared. I was yeah. I was on the brink of graduation, thinking about you know stopping all of this online stuff anyway. Not really sure if what I was saying was resonating with anybody. Yeah. And then you find out, yeah, it resonated in the worst possible way. Right. So I was pretty down on myself. Um, but I've always been one of these geeks who talks on forums, which when I think about it, is kind of like the earliest iteration of social media. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like-minded yeah. individuals getting together in a common place online. For ICQ, who, MSN, you know, whatever that was. Exactly. Right? So forums. That, yeah. That was it for me. And I, you know, I was, I was rattled to my core because everything that I thought I knew and I believed was changing, was being flipped on its head. So I was a little bit aimless at that point. But you never stopped being social. You never stopped participating in the dynamics of social media. Right. All you did was just get rattled by that experience, which right. naturally 19 years old, getting a season desist. Great. You got their attention. You forced them to rethink things, but that affected you in that there were some missed opportunities for you developing the momentum that you had to develop later on in life. Absolutely. And now here you are. You've caught up. You're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Where are you not, basically? Oh, it's tough, Are you on right? Snapchat? I'm on Snapchat, Damn, too. I dude. used to have a really big Snapchat. And uh, we used to go to a couple of these bars downtown and we'd snap as we walked in. And it got so crazy that people would actually start showing up so they could get in some snaps. Really? And that was the point when privacy became of the utmost importance to me. And I pretty much wiped that Snapchat out. So mm -hmm. now if I don't know you personally, uh, I don't have you on Snapchat. Dude, what's your read on the state of the internet today? So I'm thinking about this Tim Berners-Lee quote. I can't remember it verbatim, but the yeah. essence, the inventor of the internet said that we fucked up more or yeah. less. Like we've come to a place that is not the direction that he had originally intended for the internet. Like the internet was supposed to open us up, to make us more collaborative, to make us more empathetic. But we seem to have gone in this weird direction where it's being used to make us smaller, more closed-minded, to reinforce populism across the world. You're seeing now record mental health challenges with people. You know, people are connected, but not necessarily connecting. That's one way to look at it. How do you look at the internet right now? What's Adam Rodericks's diagnosis of where we're at? Yeah, in, in a word, probably unhealthy. To unhealthy, a extent. Yeah. I was at Singularity U in Edmonton a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about... It's a conference, about, right? It's yeah. a conference. Fantastic conference. A lot of leaders, thousand leaders that come uh, from all over the world to discuss the future of tech. And I was there, and uh, they were talking about... They did a talk on online communities, said, sweet, this is my jam. I'm going to go attend. And I've never been to a talk where online communities were not portrayed in the best possible light. But they used the example of the anti-vaxxers. And essentially... An online community can be used to spread misinformation. Absolutely. If, if you wanted to. So the challenges have changed. There's obviously a lot of, you know, um, you had a great quote that I think Bailey gave you about uh, you can take, you can snort a bit of coke or you can get that dopamine fix from from instagram yeah um we're we're kind of at a crossroads right now and i think especially for gen z coming up we're both educators um there's an onus on us to talk about the right way to engage online 
scary, right? Because I feel like sometimes Gen Z will look to us and be like, who are these stodgy old guys and yeah. blazers over here? They're just basically talking to us about a reality that isn't true for us. Like we've grown up in worlds, and just paraphrasing for them, yeah. in worlds where all we've known is touchscreen rapid technology that allows us to access information and you know learn just in time. Absolutely. And so do we now kind of sound like our parents, which is like, hey, don't watch too much TV. Don't play too many video games. Is that I how we I sound? I think we do. I'm, I'm pretty much telling people to get off my lawn yeah. online. That's, that's essentially where we are. It's tough, man. What is it going to take for everyone to sort of realize that the direction that we're moving in is objectively bad? Because the research is in. Like, we don't have to wait for any more yeah. research to come out. Like, it's pretty conclusive that this thing is acting and behaving like a drug. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to take, but I do see steps being made in the right direction. I think about apps introducing, or rather apps like uh, Screen Time on iOS, that just kind of subtly lets you know that maybe you've been using your phone more than you ever planned to. Uh -huh. And I think giving those tools to people will enable us in the future to say, okay, you know, I do need to scale back. Here is the tangible evidence for that. And I can track how I'm doing week to week. Do you use any tools that are AI-based to help you with your work? Like, do you use any... Um, like chatbots, for instance? Uh, I have dabbled in chatbots, but as quickly as I got on them, I got off them. I didn't see the, the value there. Um, we have dabbled in AI a little bit. The, yeah. the biggest thing that I would say in terms of applications is just uh, voice commands. Um, I'm, I'm a big Alexa guy. One of my favorite yeah. podcasts is Alexa in Canada. And those applications and the way that they affect social media um, is one of the coolest things to me. I'm excited for a world where this works out right. So I'm a reluctant Siri user. I wish I could switch over to Alexa. Yeah. Siri is the absolute worst. Man. <laughs> yeah, she's Siri not does not understand worst. shit. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the idea that, you know, do you remember Minority Report, that movie? Oh, I loved it. Tom Cruise. So good. Tom Cruise, right? One of the, like, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty dark and, mm -hmm. and intense movie, but there were moments that gave me uh, hope for what the future of consumerism could look yep. like. That scene where he's walking through the mall. Personalization. Personalization. Right? Fucking love it, man. Yeah. I love it when ads are targeted to me. me I too. enjoy that. I'm like, you know what? Give me what I want. Stop yeah. uh, Stop overwhelming me with shit that's just going to be a total distraction from my online experience. Yeah. And I think that if we use voice technology correctly, if we use um, you know, chatbots correctly, I think that we can curate an experience online that'll be a lot more enjoyable than what it is right now. Absolutely. I'm excited because Google taking over Nest 2 is going to be a game changer. Right. Um, I know just a lot of the automation for programs and schedules and routines, that's being broken right now as a result of them changing the ecosystem for Alexa users. Uh, but I'm excited at the same time because I look at, okay, I've created what runs my condo in isolation and it works like a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. It's often that I'll say good morning and all the lights go on, the that's music amazing. starts, sometimes your podcast comes on. Amazing, hey. <laughs> uh, but now that's all broken. Thanks, Google. So yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta find a way to, to essentially persevere and um, I'm excited to see where this goes. It's still very early in the technology though, right? Like yeah. if this is, I still think we're programming the technology just through sheer action. Mm -hmm. um, and I know this from firsthand experience, I'm right now in two LinkedIn chats, one with my partner Bailey, one with a devout listener of the podcast, Jawad, and what we've started is those automated response on email conversations or on, on LinkedIn conversations mm. where I've said, I, I, the other day I genuinely celebrated my brother, uh, my friend Joel over here. I'm like, Hey, congrats on your job. I actually typed that out. <laughs> he thought it was an automated response and he responded back with, Hey Hamza, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. How are you? Like yeah. as a form of mockery. Absolutely. And I'm like, you know what? I really meant that comment. I really <laughs> yeah. typed it out. But you know what? For the sake of argument, let's start this conversation and see how far we can go. We're mm -hmm. on day five right now. I love it. Where we have this thread of just canned and planned responses. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But I know that what's actually happening is LinkedIn is getting this data and they're mm -hmm. going to get smarter. And they're going to give you more relevant conversational abilities. So that brings me to today's challenge, Adam. I would like to see how far we could go with a LinkedIn canned and planned conversation. Oh, I love do it. Do you want to do this? I, you know I want to do this already. Absolutely. So um, we don't have to talk, let's, let's, let's talk about the Halo Skull. Oh. You were the first guest that we've had here that has actually played Halo. And so there have been some others, 
but you said you were diehard. I was diehard. All if, in. When you think about the late 2010s, like yeah. Halo 3 online matchmaking, this thing, that was as good as it ever got in terms, you know, they always say you don't appreciate the good old days until they're gone. For me with online, I can't play Fortnite. Do you know how good these kids are on Fortnite? Oh, they are twitchy, man. They are jumpy. You have to have ADHD to be good on Fortnite. Pretty, pretty yeah. much. But that was the last time I remember just losing track of time with my friends. You know, just that defined a great portion of our friendships and I will cherish those memories. Dude, and you had like a real online experience that you had people yeah. offline. You connected four TVs. Yeah, you had your router. Oh, man, we so good. So it was funny because, you know, when you, you told me a little bit about the show and you mentioned Halo Skull, I, I immediately went there and I said, no, I got I to gotta taper this down. Like, I think about video games way too much if I'm reading too much. But then I came and lo and behold, the Halo Skull is here. <laughs> it so. is here. It is live in the studio. So how we're going to do this, Adam, is uh, you get to pick one of these. And this is going to be basically who's going to start the conversation. Okay. So we got to fire up LinkedIn. Okay. Let's get into a conversation right now. So let's open up the chat. And then uh, basically, I'd say for the next two minutes... Whoever definitively ends the conversation wins. Okay. That's how we got to do this. So I'm going to open this up. I'm on your profile. And I'm going to message you as well. Okay. And uh, for those listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, just open up your LinkedIn right now and just uh, open up a chat conversation with Ad either Adam or myself. And let's see how far this goes. So go ahead and pick one out, sir. I'm nervous. Is it, is it right to be nervous? You are very right to be nervous. Okay. Okay. Hey, Adam. So that means I have to start the conversation. So Let's I'm going to start by saying, hey, Adam. And then I get to say one thing that is off script. Okay. So I have to use it right now. You okay. can have one thing that is totally off script. But the okay. way you win this game is you definitively end the conversation. All right. When there's nothing left to add, when LinkedIn can't give you anything, mm -hmm. any auto responses, you win. I've been preparing for this by ending conversations <laughs> with every bar interaction in Toronto with a lady in my entire life. So Let's go. Let's do it. So we have to only read off what we have over okay. here. So I'm going to start off by saying... Hey, Adam. He's playing by the rules. Oh, I get to go now? Oh, now you get to go. Now okay. we just go back and forth. Okay, I'm waiting for it. Um, okay, so thanks for connecting on here. There we go. So that is going to come in right now. Technology, explosion. Oh, there we awesome. Go. So now the automated responses kicked in. Perfect. So I'm going to read out what the automated responses are. It's my pleasure. How are you? terrible i'm gonna go with i'm good <laughs> this is already just going absolutely insane that's good to know my goodness okay you know what now it's being a little bit polite how about you <laughs> it didn't offer at first i'm good too thanks oh there we go checkmate oh okay so we actually you know what that was further than i anticipated we'd get yeah interesting did you get a response i've got one and oh, i'm shit. just gonna i'm just gonna I'm going to solidify at the end with the thumbs up emoji. No. Oh, you know what? LinkedIn hooked me up. Really? I'm going to hit you with the smile emoji. I bet you have no response to that. And now there's just a series of emojis. I, 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 want, the, <laughs> I want to do the winking one because I feel like it's a little bit cheeky given that we've already we've clearly ended this conversation. Now I'm just hitting on you on LinkedIn. Well, you know what? Let's take this to the next level. You're going to wink at me. I'm going to stick my tongue out at you. And this is just, this conversation has become this how is not to use LinkedIn. Dude, this is basically right? Tinder now. Yeah. <laughs> I am almost, I'm, you know what? It's giving me tongue emoji too. I feel awkward even sending it back, but at this point, I'm, okay. I'm done. I'm going to hit you with the, the conversation closer of all conversation closers. Okay. It's going to be a lowercase haha. 
that should be the indication that the conversation's done. And that's right? pretty much it. That didn't give me anything. It's it should have just said in brackets, he doesn't want to keep talking. Did I win? I think you won. I I've got, fucking I just got, won. Ah, so you won. So good. You win this round. There we go. We lasted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen automated back and forths and in LinkedIn conversation chess. Hamza Khan has secured a victory. Uh, with Checkmate. 33% of the conversation being emoji-based, which is <laughs> pretty much how all my conversations go nowadays anyway. It got weird. So what do you think now LinkedIn is learning about this conversation? You know what? I think... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for playing, man. You're oh, a good sport. I, lo- I love this. And I think that LinkedIn is looking at two people who identify themselves as digital professionals and they're using the automated spot. They're thinking, huh, maybe we don't need to invest in customization and personalization as much as we thought we did. I don't know. Do you use Gmail? I do. Some of those Gmail responses are pretty good though, eh? The, the predictive and Ending of sentences is fantastic on G. Probably yeah. the best I've seen. Can I say that? Probably yes. the best I've seen anywhere. I would agree. Are you guilty as charged? Do you use them quite a bit? I don't use them ever. Oh, really? So I read them always as I'm typing. And even if I'm typing the same thing that it predicted, it's just, it's a control thing. I have to just type it out myself. Kwaku, what about yourself? Right? Do you use? You use awesome exclamation mark. Yeah, because it's like, I'm, I work around a lot of people that I have to use pleasantries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and thanks for reaching out. Uh, please let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. That's how we do it, man. Adam, let's go into the performance point segment of the podcast. And I think this is the part I'm really excited about because in terms of people who have like similar makeups of like career, um, like uh, pr- not, not, I don't want to say like necessarily projects because we do both work on projects, yeah. but in terms of vocation and things that we're doing, like you mentioned, we're educators, we're both marketers, we both work in social and digital. Like this is the first time I'm sitting across from someone and I'm like, dude, you have the same career as I do. It's kind of cool. This right? is kind of cool, right? It's like looking in a less good looking mirror. If this that is it, man. I meant you looking at me, but I, the readers can, or the audience can interpret that. I gotta say, you came in hot. I feel I feel like a slob <laughs> over here with my hoodie and my, my hat over here, man. Next time for when we do season two, yeah. both gonna come in, we're gonna bo- both coordinate the outfits and then, you know, I'll wear my glasses as well we'll make it happen i think we should probably just wear raptors championship tees hey that is an optimist speaking man i think so yeah you're a ride or die man no matter what happens right no matter what happens today the last thing i want to hear from any so-called raptors fan is ah i'm off i'm off the bandwagon we need to nuke the team like no man this is what you play for this is it this is this is what it is and if you don't like this you don't like basketball and dude, where are you at if Kawhi walks? If Kawhi leaves after the season, where's your heart at? You know what? I go back to, and I was a season seat holder for five years, Yo. so I'm a big Raptors fan. You paid the price, man. I literally, literally paid the, paid the price. price. <laughs> and I remember guys like Alonzo Mourning not wanting to join the team, and that hurt me because I'm a Toronto shipper too. Yeah, yeah. So I will take it personally if we lose our superstar, but at the same time, uh, I love just knowing and looking in retrospect and saying the DeMar experiment probably did work out this year. It did, absolutely. And you know what? I thought that he would come in, Kawhi, he would half-ass it. He'd be injured the entire time. Dude's been giving it 110% every night, man. Love it. Nothing but a standing O. If we don't give him a standing O, regardless of what he chooses to do, I will be disappointed in Toronto as, as, as a fan. Me too. As a collective fan. But let's go back into this, the performance point segment. And I'm excited because I get to hear ideas that I you know, might challenge me, might validate what I already mm-hmm. know. And uh, I know it's, it's going to be extremely valuable to the listeners over here. So let's start by first talking about your time. I want to know how you structure your time so that you can be on your A game for multiple endeavors. I mean, the work that you're doing at KPMG alone is all consuming. Yep. And somewhere within that, you're also juggling and balancing your own very growing, successful personal brand. And you're teaching at George Brown College. Multiple things are happening. How do you balance your time so that you can be on your A game for everything? Because you oh are. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, on, on a very basic um, level, it's enough sleep, enough water, taking care of my body. Because Sleep my, water. Yeah. Absolutely. If my body is breaking down at me, 
wherever I am, I'm not able to, to function. And if I'm not doing my best, I shouldn't be doing it at all. Um, I've also surrounded myself with a support circle of people, including my fiance, who when they see me and I'm a little bit too strung out, uh, they tell me to take So you've empowered out. some people in your life to call you out? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, as much as I like to think that I am in control, I've got a lot going on. And it, sometimes it's my desire to succeed that supersedes my ability to take care of myself. Yeah. And um, you, you know what happens when... Whoosh, burnout right um you gamble, you gamble with burnout <laughs> yeah. uh, how many hours of sleep do you get a night i usually go so eight has never worked for me so i've got i've got a little weird window i either have to do seven and a half or nine interesting and that's yeah. what you experience the right amount of rem sleep so that you can wake up not feeling grudgy exactly yeah very interesting do you, do you use any apps to regulate your sleep um so not to regulate my sleep i i have used them in the past but most of them do or at least they did require feedback so that they have to be face down on your mattress I tend to move a little bit. Yeah. So uh, what I do use in terms of apps to support me is I will meditate before bed just to kind of decompress, and I use uh, Aware and Headspace. Aware. What's I know what Headspace is, but what's Aware? Kind of a competitor app as well. Right. Um, you use I both. Just, yeah. I use both. Um, so occasionally one of them will get a pack that goes on sale, and I'll I'll jump them. I don't use them every night, yeah. but especially when I've got a lot on my head, or I know that when I hit the ground running the next day, uh, I've got a lot to accomplish. I need that to do list to just go away a little bit so that I can get the proper rest. And what's your relationship with caffeine like? Because you you came in hot in the, into I the did. studio. You're like I'm caffeinated. I'm caffeinated up. I'm ready to I rock. Did. I like this energy, man. How much Thank of this can you. be credited to, and where do you get your coffee from today? Not a, not a lot. So I'm I'm a home coffee guy. Yeah, um, save so, money, man. Yeah, uh, I drink one a day. So today was a little bit different because I woke up and I said, no, I got to be fresh to go when yeah. we when we do this. And it wasn't early morning, so uh, I had a mimosa with my mother. Nicely on, done. On, on, Shout on out to mom. Day. Shout out to mom. And uh, then I waited until I got back and I was just kind of familiarizing myself with some of the content on here and thinking about what would be of most value to your listeners for us to chat about. Right. Very good, man. And about energy. So two years ago, you climbed the CN Tower. Yeah. Dude, I climb up the stairs and I get gassed <laughs> out, man. Talk to me about the role of exercise in your life. As a former athlete as well, you played football. Fitness is a big part of your life. You're doing marathons. Again, you climbed the CN Tower. What the hell, man? That is oh. so bizarre to think about, man. Yeah. So I'm a big music listener and um you know one of my favorite things to do to de-stress is exercise so i've essentially married the two together nice. so whenever i've got one of my playlists going uh one of my favorite things to do is just bang out a good 5k run uh that's my me time on many days where you know i'm, I'm either working or right now wedding planning uh, a lot of things will take that time if you allow it to so when i'm in the gym that's really just the time for me to be with me and you only get one of these bodies right so just trying to take care of it as much as possible absolutely and uh yeah you mentioned now twice you're engaged. I am. Very nice. And this happened recently. April 25th, you yeah. proposed to your Ooh, girlfriend. Ooh, he's good. We did our homework, man. You're good. What was that like, dude? That was crazy. Uh, we were in Thailand, and getting a ring through security <laughs> is not a big deal, they tell you. I'd call yeah. the TSA because I was paranoid. But it's difficult when you get to the other side, and they see something is concealed in your carry-on, huh. and you can't communicate in language. Oh, shit. And right. she's standing right the fuck next to me, too. She's like, what did you put? Did you pack weed in on the Yeah, yeah. Or? And I'm, I'm like, you need to go check our next flight. Our next flight. She's like, it's in five hours. I'm like, you need to go, go check. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, everybody I've ever talked to says the ring burns a hole in your pocket once you get it. Financially? Uh, no, just like, you need <laughs> yeah, 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 that, dude. that too. Yeah. But um, no, with that for me, we landed, and I just, I was just so excited to uh, pop that question. So you knew like it was there at the back of your mind you were waiting for the right moment yeah and how did it feel in the moment because dude you are in front of audiences all the time you're yeah. a speaker you're an educator you're in high stress environments all the time where you're having to speak and present and be on your a-game but yeah. this is something else man this is like 
an inflection point in your friggin' life. Yes, and the woman that I love is the most private of, of people. She doesn't even, she has so many unread messages in her phone that I knew if there was one thing that she would want from this proposal, it would be that it was private and just between us. Sure. So I had to balance a lot of my different ideas there, of course, and uh, we settled on a private beach, and uh, she didn't even think the setup was for her, but the, all that really matters is I got the yes. Congratulations, Thank man. You, that is huge. When is the wedding happening? We are working on it right now. Okay. You can hear that deep sigh. I might have to go home and meditate oh, yeah. after this now. Dude. Oh, what are the two apps? Calm and uh, Headspace. Um, no, Headspace. Headspace. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be a power user, man. You're, you're upgrading <laughs> for the premium accounts for both of them, right? Thank you. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to need to in the next I year. I hear you, man. I'm thinking about that right now for my, <laughs> for my own relationship with Bailey and just thinking about what the next steps yeah. are. And just even the thought of like popping the question and getting the ring and putting together the right kind of moment because she's also very private in that respect yeah. as well. It's like getting heart palpitations just thinking about it dude and i don't know for you but for me we're creatives right like yeah. everything that we do we try to infuse ourselves and do our yeah, gotta have a photographer videographer there everything you know? like, like you can you turn it off i don't know if you can turn it off i couldn't turn it off so you know it was just like are. this had to be the best this had to be personalized it had to be everything that we do from nine to five but you know well it sounds thing. like a lot of attention went to this right like yeah. you had to really just zone in and the, all your time energy had to lead to this moment where Absolutely. you focused on this but then that's one of multiple things that you're working on yeah. man so how do you like what is your process for deciding what gets your attention yeah i have a a quote that was given to me from my my first mentor um that i've also put on as an instagram caption one of the few that's not a drake lyric and hey. it basically <laughs> says if it doesn't make me happy happier healthier um or or feel good about myself um essentially I, I don't have time for it anymore if it doesn't make me happier healthier if it doesn't make me feel good about myself yeah. i don't do it yeah. anymore i think i'm screwing up the last part of that that's no, good i'll check it out but essentially you know it's just it's just reflecting and thinking about your short-term goals versus your long-term goals and what you're doing in that moment you know is, is it what you want to be doing I love that, man. And do you feel like at this point in your life, everything that you're working on is things that you want to be working on? You know what? There are little things throughout the day, especially at work. We all have menial tasks that we don't really see flowing into our into our um, our overall goals. But for me, I'm just trying to minimize the amount of time that I spend on those things. Uh, someone wise once told me that when passion meets aptitude, that's another way that you can foster happiness. And that is always in the back of my mind as it's well. It's very interesting, man. I thought about that throughout my entire career as well, which is, uh, it's been an iterative process. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, they asked me, uh, did you know that you were going to be doing this, this particular set of projects and endeavors? And the answer is no. I mean, yeah. I just had a, a glimpse of things that I liked and things I yes. enjoyed doing. But for all intents and purposes, every job that I took sought to minimize the thing that I didn't like about the last job and maximize the thing that I liked about the job. Yeah. And here I am a decade later, finally at a place where I feel like 99% of the things that I do, I love doing. It's a perfect marriage of passion and aptitude. But I also am a big believer that sometimes to do the things that you want to do, you have to do the things that you got to do. You got to put that work in. Yeah, dude. Do I want to be in meetings all day? All day? No, man. Do I want to like manually do some of my taxes sometimes? Absolutely not, man. But you know what? You have to do it. You got to do it. One of the, my pet peeves for any of the digital people listening, um, you know, metadata, just going through my website and making sure all the backend stuff oh, that yeah. the robots read is ready to go. Absolutely. And I hate doing all that. All tags, all of that shit, man. But let's be real. If I, if I ignore that, I'm not doing it right. So Absolutely. that's one of those tasks that I hate doing, but I know I got to do to reach my end goal. Dude, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to, to talk about this. There was no question about it, but in the moment I'm thinking about this yeah. right now, what's it like being an educator, man? I've never talked to a fellow educator <laughs> in this space. Like I know we have Blair Smith coming on tomorrow. He's actually a George Brown professor. Oh, amazing. So you might know him. You might have seen this guy, oh. bald guy, really, really tall, uh, you know, good looking dude, rides bikes all the time. That's like 67% 67% of the faculty yeah, over there. Yeah. Just beautiful man. I can't wait to have him on, but like I've talked to maybe just a handful of other marketing professors. What's it like? being an instructor right now so you teach at the George school of continuing education yep, that's 
Correct. Um, you know, I think about all the time, and everyone's had this experience as a student, you think about what didn't resonate with you when you were in that seat and you were learning, and you always think, boy, if I had an opportunity to do it differently or do it better, yeah. I would make that content more accessible. And now I've got an opportunity to go out there and do that, right? So a couple of my classes I teach through memes, you know, and we talk about why things became popular online or why did something blow out of proportion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people, their end goal is a, uh, a career in digital marketing, maybe in brand building. So for them, it's just a lot better than reading a textbook. Dude, they're so lucky to have you, man. Like I would, I, if I was to know, I would want to be in your class yeah. because not only are you like relevant in the industry, you're actually doing the work. You can reference case studies that happened that same right. day, things that you're thinking about right then and there. But you're also at that perfect age right now where you're old enough to remember a time before the internet so you have a context yes. and understanding of like how this is affecting people on a human level, but you're also young enough that you're fully immersed. I mean, you were using Snapchat not too long ago, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I don't know how to use Snapchat. The <laughs> other day, did you get this update where you can now change your face? To the, the, the woman? Woman or man, yeah. It is everywhere. Dude, catfish is going to be, uh, catfishing is going to be the next level right now. It's scary shit. It man. is going to be crazy. It's taking over the way I think the dancing banana did on Snapchat a little while ago. Absolutely. Um, did you try it on yourself? I, I mean, I can not, neither confirm or deny. Same here. Yeah. But just wink if it was it was terrible. Yeah, I horrendous things. Yeah, like the exactly. Momo challenge is nothing on my picture. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely disastrous. <laughs> but it's awesome because as an educator, I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, when Instagram in Canada got rid of likes last oh, week, yeah, what the we hell? had a class where we were talking about social engagement, and the discussion was so good that I basically said, you know, fuck it, let's let's. Do this for this two hours. Brainwave, ride this brainwave right now. And it was this. so fantastic. They actually came and turned off the lights in the class because we weren't done yeah. talking about it. And there were all these people who had theories on what it was going to do, whether it was going to be rolled out, if it was scalable, uh, you know, what is the message that we're sending. Uh, such a fantastic discussion. And just to be around so many hungry minds, it makes me better. Do you do you feel like, because you you are one professor in their long four, three, how long their, their yeah. diploma, diploma program is, uh, do you get the sense that other profs are maybe shortchanging them, that they're phoning it in? You know, it's difficult because I, I don't get that sense from the students themselves, okay. but I do get a sense when they're sitting there and they're looking at us, like I don't really use slides for a lot of the lectures too. Yeah. I see them looking at me as if to say, this is different. Yeah, right. And it's dif difficult to gauge in the moment whether that's a good different or not for, you know, is it conducive to learning? But from most of the feedback I've received on performance reviews and that sort of thing, they tell me that, yeah, you know, you kind of seem like a translator between the older profs that are just kind of throwing that out and see what sticks and someone who would be a peer to them explaining something. That's really interesting because I've kind of leaned into that as well. Mm -hmm. So some of the first feedback that I got as an educator was, Hamza, you're doing things differently over here. Mm -hmm. And we really appreciate that. And, you know, some of our professors are using slides from 2003. They're using case studies that are not relevant anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Let's just keep on leaning into what it is that you want. How do, how do you want to learn? What kind of blend learning experience do you want? So we've talked about Black Mirror. We've shown Love, Sex, and or Love, Death, and Robots oh, in yeah. class as well, right? Nice. Just making it really, really multidimensional, a lot of fun. Um... And I think that's a really special thing. I yeah. think that's the way that social media and digital technology needs to be taught. I don't think that you can write a conclusive, a definitive textbook on this topic because it's changing all the time. That's just Anybody it. who's written a textbook on Instagram in the last week, it's already relevant. That's the thing. It's gone to it's shit. It's gone. It's gone to <laughs> shit. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. What do you think is going to happen? How is this going to play out? Do you think that 
Instagram is going to keep keep on moving down this path of minimizing the visibility on likes? I think I think that optically this is a great move for them because it prioritizes mental health. And uh, I was just talking about this earlier today at CBC. Um, we were doing some cool stuff for Mental Health Week. Nicely done, man. And um, I, I ultimately, though, I think gamification leads to more engagement online. So does, I don't yeah. think that this is going to be something that they expand everywhere. That's my short version. Right. Yeah, I think it's a step in the right direction in terms of what it can do to reverse the tide of, of people uh, experiencing anxiety and burnout and just all the mental health challenges. But you're right. Um, there's going to be less incentive to just keep on refreshing your feed as though it's a refrigerator in the middle of the night. Like, what's inside this What's inside this fridge, man? I think so. And that was one of the things that we were doing in class where a couple <coughs> of people posted and they said, look, I know I average about 60 to 70 likes. You can judge me if you want. But then they, we sat there and as they were refreshing in real time, they were saying, my engagement is way down because people can't see other people. And let's be, imitation plays a, a huge factor in this. Huge, huge. Absolutely. Well, Adam, man, we could just keep on going on and on and on, just have a whole other podcast dedicated to social media. But I want to get into the rapid fire round over here and okay. ask you a couple of questions that you won't have much time to think about. You just got to be quick on your feet and answer with whatever comes to mind, the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So these are 10 questions with Adam Rodericks. Question number one, what's the hardest thing about being a professor? Um, not making a difference with some students. Oh, wow, dude. I'm getting chills just thinking about <laughs> that, man. There are some students in class who just get the glazed eyes and you're like, They're going you're, through you're, not, you're not connecting. Yeah. You're just not connecting. And there's nothing you can do. There's just a fundamental disconnect, right? They're not here to learn. They're here to pass. And that's, that's tough for me as an educator. Because you want everyone to do really freaking well, man. I work, I bust my ass to make I can tell, class. man. I can tell, Good. man. Good. So when somebody comes up and they put up that wall, um, that's devastating to me. It's tough. How do you feel when, when students fail your class? You know, it's, there haven't been many um, because the assignments that I have, they're really meant to brand build so that you can leave with some actionable takeaways. Yeah, and you go work on your personal industry. website and all that. Exactly. Yeah. So there aren't a lot of them, but those that have, I would say that all it was, it was just a, just a failure to show up and, and actually give themselves to the process. Because I imagine it might be really difficult to fail your class if everything is it done is. on time, right? I, like, I think it is. Watch, we the, very similar watch the enrollment spike now in my, my class. Yeah. And they say it was easy to pass. It's got a bird, bird course. course. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Professor Roderick, sign up, yeah, sign up. Yeah. When are you, what, like, are you teaching this semester? I'm taking a semester off right nice. now because wedding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. It becomes all. People say that it's only three hours of instruction per week. That's a that's total bullshit, man. The amount of time that goes into prep and then marking afterwards. And do you have a TA helping you out? I as don't. Well? Oh, it's all you, man. You're yeah. easily putting in ten hours a week. Easily, easily, easily. minimum. Jeez, Louise, man. Heart goes out to you, man. <laughs> I feel for you as a fellow educator, man. You too, brother. Number two. What's the most rewarding thing about being a professor? When I get that LinkedIn message three, four months after they pass the class and they tell me that they've secured employment Gang. or they went back to one of my decks and they used it in something else. The idea that I actually did make a difference with some of those people, that, that's like crack to me. Amazing, man. Have you had people reaching out to you for reference letters? Not yet. It's going to happen, man. Oh, I'm sure you've, you've been there, right? It's starting to happen now. It's starting to trickle and trickle that's down. I'm like awesome. students that I taught five years ago. I'm like, wow, that is awesome. You remember me? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Number three, what's the last book you read that completely changed your perspective on something? Contagious by Jonah Berger. Yeah, so good, man. Yeah. What did it change your perspective on specifically? So I was of the I was one of those people who thought textbook, social media should never be done. It changes too fast. When you take it back down to those bare bones principles on making something catch on, right? Behavioral, um, a lot hasn't really changed. No. So going back to that book every so often has been one that, you know, just stays in my mind as a marketer. Absolutely. Number four, what's a brand other than KPMG that is doing social media right that gets it? Oh my goodness. A brand that's doing social media right. Um, I am never at a shortage of things to say, good things to say about Nike. And uh, when Tiger Woods won the Masters. Yo, shout out to Tiger, man. Came shout out back. to Tiger, the GOAT. And uh, I was I was refreshing, not because I just wanted to see the, <clears throat> the content, but I just knew that they had something bomb 
queued up. And sure enough, they did. And they've done this so many times with Colin Kaepernick. And they just, they understand the target demographic and what the, the brand embodies. And they just disseminated on social media better than anything. Dude, and else. we know there's got to be a team of people that are working right yeah. now that are responsible, that are actually designing memes about Kawhi winning tonight. That's right. And they might not get to use that meme, but they understand that's part of the job, right? They've Absolutely. got it teed up. Which is so that. wild to think about it. Like, what do you think Nike's command, uh, command center looks like? You know, it's interesting. We use the term war room at, war room, at work. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think it's probably pretty similar, just a lot bigger when you think about what, where Nike is as a brand. Um, but I think you've got all sorts of different people. You've got designers in there, writers. For sure. You've man. probably got a few people who maybe have been around for a few years and have seen success and they're trying to replicate it. That must be too. fucking fun to work at right now. Like, they're just that. watching games all day and just like knocking back Gatorades and just, I don't know why, I just assume they're knocking back Gatorades. Yeah. Probably just drinking coffee like, like <laughs> yeah. normal people, right? You know, let's not <laughs> ruin it. I want to yeah, dump the thing on the guy's face after he hits like a thousand likes or something. I don't know. Just imagine the bin of all of the memes, not all of the memes, like all the graphics and all the tweets and all the posts that never get used because yeah. they're so they're so topical. They're so timely. They're 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 teed up based on the outcome of a team playing. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought about that right now. I'm like, what the hell, man? It's There's crazy. And then you hundreds, think about man. There were brands Thousands. like Oreo. Do you remember when the lights went out at the Super Bowl? That textbook, man. That wasn't. That's a great example of someone who understood that being nimble was more important than just creating every different iteration on the end of the game. Absolutely. You have an engaged audience looking at a conversation that is trending, and they found an opportunity with an unexpected event to become the front. Like, Absolutely, man. Be, awesome. The internet is undefeated, man. Yeah. Why, why try to go up against it? Just ride the wave, That's man. Right. Just listen to what people are saying. That's all you got to do. Just start there. Get a pulse. Get a read on what people are saying online and find a way to insert yourself in there respectfully. Amen. Dude, uh, oh, this is going to be a tough one. Okay. I don't think this is going to easily be a rapid fire answer. So take okay. your time. I'm going to I'm going for like under two seconds. I really take this rapid fire. You told Kelly that she had the quickest one ever at two minutes, and I was originally going to beat that, but we're having a really good dialogue. And I'm no, gonna... dude, you're on fire. Do you, you listen to like comedy podcasts? Yeah. Do you know Andrew Santino? Yeah. Dude, I think I do. you speak as fast as Andrew Santino. It's tripping me out right I'm now. I'm really excited. Dude, you're, <laughs> you, you're whiskey ginger. You are on fire, <laughs> yeah. man. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up, man. This is great, dude. Um, Rank your top three Drake albums. I'm sorry I had to do this. Oh, here. my goodness. Uh, oh. And you can, can do mixtapes as well. I was well. going to say, can we do Mixtapes and Lucy's count. Oh, my goodness. Um, nothing was the same. Views. Take care. Kwaku, can we get yours as well? Um, nothing was the same. Take care. Top three? Or top three. Top, oh, snap. Nothing was the same. Take care and Scorpion. Oh. That new new. Damn, you guys love nothing was the same, eh? Hmm. Why? Like, you, you know what? I would say all of my friends, all of MVP, same way too. Nothing was the same dropped at a perfect time. Or like there was something about the year that it dropped and something yeah. about what was going on in the zeitgeist that really connected. Overtake care, eh? V where does views fall? Is it in your top five? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Scorpion was probably my least favorite album. Um, and I'd love to jam about this afterwards, but I, I always judge an album based on how many of the singles or the songs stay on those playlists we were talking about yeah, yeah, months yeah. after months release. after. And Scorpion's probably got like just a couple, if that. So that's yeah. that's that my gauge for success. I've had to create like a Scorpion Redux. I made my own playlist. I've nice. just trimmed it down to ten over there. But yeah, Scorpion didn't do it for me. Are we forgetting if you're reading this is too late? Oh, we can't forget it. And remember the memes that came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My top one is if you're Absolutely, man. Solid Star Six Seven. Oh, <laughs> so good, man. Uh, you think in our lifetime Drake's gonna lose? You think he's gonna catch a like a big L? You think that he's gonna go stagnant, maybe fall off? I don't think he's ever gonna lose so badly that he stops. Yeah, because that career, like the push of TB, should have been the end. Right. 
Yeah, and then I think I saw this week that, you know, he was doing right by the baby mama. That's yeah. something like that. Dude, you know Kwaku interviewed his baby mama? No way. Dude, he was this, if you go on Instagram, follow Kwaku on air, man. He's sitting over there talking to Sophie. I'm going to say the last name, in, like the way you said, Brousseau. Sophie Brousseau. <laughs> um, dude, they're DMing each other. Are you, you know, this podcast may end, but I'm not leaving until I get some of these stories after. No, so absolutely. No, they're understood. DMing on Instagram right now. I'm pretty that sure he's DMing awesome. her right now, man. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, sorry. We, we, we might have to edit that out. Okay. Yeah. We'll cut it out. Um, but yeah, one degree of separation away from Drake. That's Take that in, man. Wow. That's goals. And he told me that today Drake bought an airline. I saw this. This was a big post. when this A commercial out. airline, like a Boeing, right? Oh, yeah. Jeez. I loved it. And he referenced it in some earlier songs, too, that he was one day going to have a 767. So I love just seeing that come to fruition for him. That's it. He just sees it and gets it done, man. Ideas so. into action, baby. Um, <laughs> number seven. Oh, number six. Sorry. What's something you wish more people knew about you? Um, about the ACL stuff because there's been a bunch of people who I've talked to when they've suffered something similar and they didn't know I could help. Mm -hmm. And um, if I can help through conversation or even just on my blog, I had some stuff like, hey, did you know that the pills that they give you, they make you constipated? People always go, oh, wow, I didn't know you knew about this type of stuff. So, yeah. That's wild, man. Number seven, what's the thing that you miss the most about UTSC? The thing that I miss the most about UTSC, probably the student lifestyle. So going to class for a few hours and then choosing how to spend the rest yeah. of that day, whether it was studying or something else. Absolutely. And most of the time for you, it was something else? Most of the time it was <laughs> chasing those or trying to find those halo skulls. <laughs> but uh, no, I did do a good deal of studying too. Dude, how, wh when did you graduate from UTSC again? 2010. How did we miss each other through all throughout undergrad? Dude? It's unbelievable. I've been kind of, as I said, you know, I don't understand how it happened you for a while. So this Likewise, conversation man. was like, I needed to geek out with you, and this was just a perfect medium to do so. This makes no sense. So you were actually in the business faculty, like you yeah, were, BBA. you were, you were in the BBA. You were in the the old, what is now the social sciences wing. That's They've right. Totally changed that building, it's right? Completely changed. So you were spending most of your time there. You were with Mesa and Deca and that community over you there. Got it. I was like on the periphery of that community, so I was always spending my time in the science and the arts wing over okay. there. That uh, where they filmed uh, the weekend music video that's right crazy that nice so i was show. always over there but yeah i think this was bound to happen we we're bound to connect i'm man. so glad it finally did S same here man uh number eight what is your go-to pump-up song you're in the gym you have to do the most difficult set what's the song that you put on um i just feel myself so hard to ed sheeran shape of you yeah, unabashedly man. and that was not an answer i think either of you guys were expecting no not at all but you know what do what feels right man yeah. <laughs> uh what i know that you're a big movie guy what's the last movie you cried in uh Something got in my eye during Endgame. No spoilers. No spoilers. But some, something happened there, yeah. All throughout, yeah. I think it was floating around. I think a bunch of people in yeah. my theater had that too. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. And dude, you've been just bestowing us with so. Oh, uh, look at that. Here, I'm here, man. You've been bestowing us with such great advice. But what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Um, I have a little piece of paper in my wallet, handwritten by my mom, and it just says, "Take your knocks, my son." And uh, I think it's you know, bad days are going to happen. They're inevitable. But when I read that, I'm reminded that there are people who love me, and that's essentially what I'm working for. So Take I never forget that. my son. Yeah. I love that, man. Shout out to Mama Rodericks, man. Thank you, yeah. Was she happy today with all things Mother's Day? I think she was. She probably would have, uh, as all moms, all she wants is really quality time, but I'll make sure that I make that up to her. Very, man. I'm, I'm so glad we got a chance to do this, me man. Too. This is absolutely, absolutely a delight, man. And I just want to get one last question, totally off script over here. Mm -hmm. State of video games right now. Mm -hmm. need, need to settle a, a debate that we've been having. Yeah. Are video games a legitimate storytelling medium right now? Are they on par with movies and television and podcasts and audiobooks? Like, are, are video games finally at that state where they can be considered high art? 
Yeah, I think when you look at uh, 2018, 2019 releases like God of War on the PlayStation, oh God, yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 on everything, and you look at the script alone for something like that, it is so dense. There's more material in there than there's been in some of the shitty books I've read. So, yes. I'm so excited to hear that, man. Uh, dude, where can people follow your adventures online? Let's plug all of the social media. Yeah. Let's plug all the websites here. For sure. So I'm at Adam Rodericks on everything, um, you know, preferably LinkedIn as well as uh, Instagram, adamrodericks.com for, you know, what I'm doing. Uh, I just signed on with the Toronto Public Library to do a series of 12 new talks um, over the next year Amazing. called The Art of the Conversation. And uh, this is kind of a part two. I've been touring this past year doing um, just social media and personal branding ones. So th a lot of those end with people saying, well, what do I do next? So this is me telling them what to do next. Love it, man. And what kind of upcoming events are you going to be at? Where can people connect with you? Uh, where can people, you know, obviously I'm, I imagine that a lot of people right now want to have some sort of mentorship relationship with you. They want to message you and bounce their ideas off of you. Where are some people, places that you're going to be at physically? Yeah, so physically, uh, I think every tech aficionado in Toronto is looking forward towards collision at the end of the, uh, the month. So I'll be at the Collision Conference, um, doing my thing, live tweeting from the, the show floor, uh, as well as George Brown. So I'm attending a bunch of stuff. I'm also a program advisor at uh, Centennial College. That's awesome. So I'll be on campus uh, towards the end of the month there, looking to connect with a bunch of students. And what's your course code? Because I know there's a bunch of listeners over here who Ooh, are at George Brown right now. Yes, for sure. It's um, MKT944. MKT, any prerequisites for that? Uh, there is one. You have to take the basic social media class. That's it, man. If you're listening to this and you're at George Brown right now, don't fuck around, man. You heard the course codes. Take that course. Take Adam's course. You're not gonna. You're not gonna regret it. I promise you that. Uh, Adam, this was an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much, brother. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you, guys listeners. Guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And this is another week, another episode. We will see you all next week. Hear from us over here next week. Thank you so much, and uh, we're out.